Welcome to The Cone Zone, the only show I do every week that starts just a few minutes early. I'm Grant Cone. That's my dad, Lowell Cone. We just watched the game in this office a, a couple of hours ago, uh, fast-forwarding through the stuff that didn't, in between the plays, watched it an hour. It was a wonderful experience. Yeah, well, let me talk about that. I, I've never done that before. The reason we did it is, as I've mentioned, last Sunday night when the Niners were playing the Chargers, I was getting inducted at the Four Seasons Hotel in San Francisco into the Northern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Congrats. So I, I couldn't see the game, and I was busy yesterday. So Mazel went, tov. Mazel tov, thank you. I went to Iggy's early this morning, and we watched. It's so cool to watch a game in an hour. You skipped you know, you skip all the commercials, then you get them the hell up to the line of scrimmage. You don't need to see the huddle, there's nothing going on there. You skip the two minute warning, which I really like, and yeah. you skip halftime. Yep. So, but I saw I saw the game, and I want to also let you know. You see, I got a microphone here. Iggy wants me to be more professional, so I got I'm talking into a microphone for the first time, and it's not obscuring my ugly face. And I'm I'm sitting by the window. This is the room that Iggy lived in. When he was a teenager, he lived upstairs as a little guy. Yeah. This is the teenage room. I broadcast from here, and the sun's coming across my uh, jaw jawline. I don't have a jaw. The next step for you is to get you a better uh, camera and some light, and I, I'm going to do all this for you. But it's and, incremental. The AirPods. The AirPods. We, we got the AirPods. We're just going to have to. T uh, yeah, but yes, absolutely. So I'm I'm slowly coming up to uh, a professional level. Should we start our show? I think we should. Real quick before we do, Mikey49er, who is from the UK, says donates two pounds to say bonus topic, 500 million for second rate EPL team leads. I don't follow soccer, but the Niners it, uh, bought that team. They bought, they made some investment in some soccer team and apparently they're not good. I don't know. Sounds like something the Yorks would do. Um, oh, I, I wish I could help you on that. I, I'm not good on cricket either. No, although I actually have watched a little cricket uh, with Swasti's uncle because cricket's a big sport, and he explained it to me. Anyway, let's get started on football. Okay, what's the Niners? Well, the Niners have won two games in a row, and they're making progress. You watched this game. What was your main takeaway as soon as it was over? Okay, I, that's a good question and a good way of phrasing it. I want to praise the Niners. First of all, in the National Football League, it's very hard to win a game, and Everybody is learning that this season. Mm -hmm. That so many teams are just around 500, a little over, a little under. Every win is precious, and they won the game. You get a lot of praise for that. The other thing is, the Chargers are not a good team. No. You could even say they stink. Yeah. So you say, oh, they beat a team that stinks. It's no big deal. It is a big deal because a few weeks ago they might have lost to a team that stinks. In fact, they lost to the Bears. They lost to Atlanta. Who lost to Denver. They lost to Denver. 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 Yeah. So what I'm saying is it's progress. You, you, you get beaten by three for stunking of teams, and for now you win. You take yeah. care of business. So what I want to say is I have praise for the Niners, but I'm not going to go overboard and say this proves they're going to win the Super Bowl or this proves they're an elite team. This proved that last Monday they, they took care of business. Yeah. That's what it proved. And they seem to be on an upward trajectory because they won a game they might have lost a month ago. That's very promising. Let's see what happens. How do you feel, Iggy? Well, you know, going into the game last week, we said this was going to be a diagnostic. And it, I think we did learn certain things about the Niners. But I think we were expecting the Niners coming off a bye week. They just really destroyed the Rams two weeks ago. They're going to make a statement with this win over the Chargers, a big double-digit point win. Well, they didn't do that. So maybe they're not quite there yet, but they did take a step, and the step was you played terrible all game. You're losing in the fourth quarter. You come back and win. I mean, they were, one in th they were 1-30 in 30 when they were down by three points or more starting the fourth quarter since Kyle Shannon's been the head coach. It was only his second win in 32 tries, given that scenario. So... There was when the when the fourth quarter started. I thought they're going to lose. They never come from behind. They did. They scored nine points, gave up none. That was clutch. And then that that, that special teams that punt sealed the game. That was clutch too. It was. They pulled it out. Uh, it was very impressive. And Iggy, when we were watching this morning, they were losing till about eight minutes left in the game. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have really blown that game against a bad team, and that would have been very bad. Now, that would have been very bad. Right. But they 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 did what they needed to do, and they played well in the fourth quarter. So I praise them, but I don't go out of my mind. I don't say that the, the this is one of the great teams in the history of the NFL. It's a promising team with perhaps a higher threshold than I understood before. And I use the word perhaps because uh, we there's a lot more to learn. It's just surprising because – this team has been together for so long, and they've had stretches where they've been really good on offenses. Recently as last year, and it seems like they're still trying to figure out how to get back there, and they're not there yet, but that performance in the fourth quarter was quite promising. It Maybe it, le- it means that they're close. I mean, and they figured out that Elijah Mitchell is a, a guy they need to feature. Juwan Jennings is a guy. We're going to talk about them a little later, but they're starting to figure out who they need to go to on offense. And, and I also want to talk about the defense. They shut out the Chargers. Yes, in the did. second half. That's yes, a big deal. I mean, yeah. again, the Chargers stink, but you know, they have a very good quarterback. I admire, yeah. I admire Herbert. He's a, yeah. now he might have been goofy in the second half. He seemed like he from that shot that he took from Greenlaw. That yeah. was, you know, that was a crummy hit. Uh, yeah. And when I looked at it, what Greenlaw did, how could he not know he was going helmet to helmet? It looked like he was a guided missile. I don't talk to him. I don't know him. I think they were correct to throw him out of the game. I think people, you know, defensive players need to know you can't do that. And I'm not sure that Herbert was uh, the right was right uh, after after that hit. That was just it, a, a parenthetical about that hit. It looked like Herbert had gotten tackled and was and like Greenlaw was trying to get one more hit in as Herbert was going down. And I don't think. Greenlaw intended a helmet to helmet hit him because he knew you would get fined and suspended or, or kicked out of the game for that. But I think he was trying to hit him with his shoulder one more time. Um, it's the risk you take. The guy moves a little bit. You hit him in the helmet. You're you're ejected from the game. So I saw. I I, I didn't quibble with the call. Oh gosh, uh, no, me neither. No, but so okay. I guess cover following you. You didn't watch the game in real time, but when it was happening in three hours. It was the Niners losing for 52 minutes of the yes. 60. So it was a lot of a lot of complaining on Twitter. Like, what the hell is this? Why isn't the offense scoring? They only had 13 points until, you know, eight minutes left in the game. And then they took care of business. But it was a very, like, it, it, <laughs> mixed emotions after the game. Big time. Mixed, mixed emotions. emotions for whom? For fans. Like, when I do my post-game thing. It wasn't like a lot of people celebrating about the win. It was a lot of people saying, hey, Jimmy played great. These guys played great. Why was this game so hard? And it's an interesting question. It is an interesting question, but it's a secondary point. The main point is they won. But fine, let's let's talk about the the secondary question. Well, it's important to bring up the main point on a Tuesday when the emotions have worn off. Yes. See, Turley says, I know we don't want to get carried away, but should Jimmy go to a Super Bowl? How is there not a quarterback controversy? Let's not go there today. Let's not go you know, there yet. Let, no, I mean, real, what, could, what, that's a fair question. Yeah. But they have, what, eight more games to play? Yeah. There's so much to be decided, so much to be determined. The Niners have a problem with the quarterback. Yeah. They have a problem. Um, what, Jimmy's only signed for this year. They don't know what they have in Trey Lance. The poor guy is hurt. Kyle got him hurt. But that's business for later. I, it, it, this is like picking at a scab. A, a, after right, every yeah. game, we have to compare these two guys. Let's yeah. call a moratorium on it. Let's yeah. talk about it when it becomes relevant. It's completely irrelevant now. So let's have a moratorium. Right, and also, like, it's a situation you don't necessarily have to anticipate and plan for. If it happens, you'll make the right decision when the time comes. But you don't have to fantasize about what happens if they do this. Like, you have no idea how the season's going to play out, and if they make it that far, why, or who will be playing, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So they didn't let's make just see what happens. Super Bowl yet. So there right. are so many hypotheticals in that question. So I'm asking our viewers, could we stay away from that topic now and talk about the real world? Let's stay in the moment. Mikey Forty Nineer says, "When the O ball, uh, when the O bails out the D when it's needed, then yes, I guess that hasn't happened yet this season. Um, I guess that would be when he feels confident." David Butler says, "Wanted to send this last week, but wasn't able to catch the show live. The father son relationship you two share is beautiful. I just lost my dad last week to Alzheimer's at seventy seven years old. I'm sorry, David. I'm sorry, David. I know that must be very hard. Sorry about that. Okay, next topic." 
Tell more me praise. Praise. In praise of the 49ers' unsung heroes. There were a lot of clutch performances in this game, uh, a lot by guys who don't necessarily get the most hype, ink. Let's talk about yeah. them. Uh, well, when I watched the game this morning with Iggy, there were two guys. I mean, there were a lot of people who played well, but two that I really admired, Juwan Jennings and Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Um, they, they don't win the game without those two guys coming up as big as they did. Iggy, Elijah Mitchell was undrafted. He was uh, he was like a sixth or seventh round draft pick. He was picked 220-something. Okay, and what about Juwan Jennings? Seventh round pick. So th these are guys that they're a hope and a prayer. Yeah. You don't necessarily expect them to be big contributors or even stars. I'd say both of them are stars. Um, yeah. it, we were watching Elijah Mitchell this morning, and sometimes we would go back over his runs. It's very hard to bring him down on the first tackle. Yeah, he he really he's he's a a collision runner. Yeah, but he's more than that. In in all the all the chaos of the bodies, he's able to make moves. He is. He's very quick. He'll he'll fake some linebacker left and go right, and he's all these yeah. bodies about him and get around him and get four or five more yards. He's a hell of a player. He's a lot like Jeff Wilson Jr., but faster, quicker. Better, yeah. I, I, I really no, like no offense him. to Jeff Wilson Jr. No, He's I really love good. Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah, they're this similar. guy's better. This guy's yeah. a better player. This yeah. guy's, in, in, if he can stay healthy, is an elite running back. And Juwan Jennings, the, the the slot receiver, he's tough. He 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 will uh, fight for the ball. He doesn't mind getting hit. And Iggy, he has great hands. He's a clutch receiver. What's funny is he has dropped a lot of passes this year. And he dropped a lot of passes in training camp. But in the fourth quarter, when you got to have it, he's clutch. He is a gamer, if that's a real thing. He is one. Yeah, he's yeah. a gamer. He's and, a gamer. And it's, you know, the, the Niners have a lot of very high-paid players. Kittle, Debo, um, Christian McCaffrey. And I'm not taking anything away from those guys. But they also have soldiers, Yep. <laughs> you know, yep. privates and, and uh, you know, just pawns, soldiers, and who they need and really stepped up in this game. And that's a credit to putting together a roster, yeah. to using your roster correctly. It's a credit to it. Now, we're going to be a little critical of Kyle later, but using, like, for example, later in the game, he ran Mitchell more than he ran McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, McCaffrey, what we were noticing this morning, I think he's a hell of a player and is a pleasure to watch. If he has any room, he's gone. I, I don't mean gone to the end zone, but he, he's hard to bring down. But if you get a hand on him, he's down. Yeah. You can bring him down very hard to bring down Elijah Mitchell, the first guy. In fact, I'd say generally they don't. They have to really get two or three guys on him to bring him down. Um, CMC has other virtues. I'm not putting him down, but you can bring him down if you grab him. You cannot do that to Mitchell. I'm going to say something outrageous. Elijah Mitchell should be the starting running back on this team. Of course he should. He should be the starting run running back on this team. Christian McCaffrey is a terrific change of pace scat back. Yes. He's, you could throw him the ball. You could get him. He's a nice guy. There's a lot of ways you can use him, but starting running back, icing out the game with the lead, uh, setting the tone early, it's Mitchell. I 100% agree with you. Also, I don't like running McCaffrey up the middle. Me neither. He's not particularly good at it, and it's, a bit, it's, it's risky. It's risky. And, and the other guy's better. Yeah. The other guy's yeah. better. So you said, look, the thing that's cool about these unsung heroes, particularly Mitchell, is he's just as talented as anyone on the offense, even though he was a sixth or seventh round pick. He's extremely talented. He's fast. He's hard to bring down. He's elusive. He runs hard. He's powerful. I mean, he doesn't have the same skill set as Christian McCaffrey, but he's really talented. Jawan Jennings, too. Like, Jawan Jennings was more impactful in this game than Debo Samuel was. I'm not saying he's better than Debo. But in this game, he was great. He was the one that came up clutch. Him and Ayuk. Yeah. Oh, Ayuk is so tough. Yeah. I, have, I mean, I've never met Ayuk. I have a feeling he's a really tough guy. Oh, he always seems like he's like in, in, about to get in a fight on a football field. About to get in a fight, yeah. Yeah. And have, one more oh, – go ahead. No, no. One more thing. You go. Well, what I, what I like about the unsung heroes is I feel like it's usually the young guys, 
it's usually the guys that haven't gotten paid yet. And to me, they're the guys who set the standard on a football team in 2022. It's not the older veteran captains who've all gotten paid and are making $15 million a year. Those are the ones you have to worry, you have to wonder about their effort from, not effort, but their performance week to week. The ones that are out to get paid, the ones that are out to prove themselves are the ones that bring the same level of performance and effort and standard every week. And that's what Debo did last year. It's what Mitchell does now. It's what Jennings does now. It's what on defense, Talanoa Hafunga. We didn't watch the final uh, drive, but he seals the game with interception at the end. The young guys, the young guys are the ones you can, you can count on to play the same with the same urgency every week. That's the word I'm using urgency. Okay. I have a, a, a out of left field question. Uh-huh. How we're talking about the running backs, Mitchell and McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. What if every once in a while they ran a two running back set? Why not? Billy? They try, now, they do it a little bit with Debo and McCaffrey. But how about Mitchell and McCaffrey? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Wouldn't that be interesting? Absolutely. Because and, you, I think it would work. You could do a lot of things out of it. You could run. You could pass. Yeah. And yeah. you could confuse the defense. Now, Bill Walsh used a two-back um, two offense, but then what happened was one of the backs became, a, I think, an end, uh, you know, a wide receiver. Um, yeah. Remember what that guy once showed it to us who used to be the uh, offensive coordinator. Now he's at Baltimore. Oh, Greg Roman? Oh, he yeah, he's, he explained it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, right, not right, that I understood right, right. it. But yeah. uh, I think having backs that are so different yes. and so good, I would love to – I mean, I would love to talk to Kyle Shanahan and say, wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't – like the, the, the creator in you want to have a, a set like that every once in a while? Absolutely. I, 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 why not? If you could get Debo and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield together, why not McCaffrey and Mitchell? Because yeah. right now the best runner on the team is Mitchell, not Debo or McCaffrey. Runner. I'd say, yeah. Uh, in runner. fact, I would say that's clear. And also, Mitchell can catch the ball. Yes, he can. Yeah. Yes, he can. He's when, not Mitchell is who- health- when Mitchell is healthy and rolling, the Niners are really hard to beat. Really hard to beat. Okay, now I have a question for you. Because mm-hmm. remember, I'm, I'm uh, retired. I've never met mm-hmm. these people. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met or spoken to Jennings? I have met, uh, spoken to Jennings. He's a very nice guy, but at the same time, he seems a little shy. He doesn't like talking to the media too much. When you do talk to him, he's very outgoing and nice. Okay, so he's not standoffish. Not at all. A little shy. A little shy, yes. Is he likable? Extremely likable, yes. 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 What about Elijah Mitchell? Elijah Mitchell's shy, too. They're both shy. They're both really likable. They're both shy. They both will talk to the media if they're asked, but they pretty much seem like they would rather not, not because they don't like us, but it seems like they have maybe a little anxiety about it. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Really nice guys. Do you think, could we call it humility? Yeah. Yep. Do you think part of their humility comes from how late they were drafted? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that they haven't been given that big second contract yet, which valid, the, the validation they're still, I mean, they could get hurt tomorrow and it could never happen. They're still on the pursuit of their dreams coming true. Love it. I you understand. So others right. have, have achieved their dreams, i.e. monetary dreams. None of them has won a Super Bowl, I don't right. think, on that team. Uh, but but there's a lot of guys making more money than the head coach on the team. And, and, and you know, Mitchell isn't one of them. So he's making like probably, what, $400,000 a year. He's in sir, yes, sir mode. Well, you ask him a question in a, in a, in a uh, press conference with a bunch of people there, he, he kind of gets his deer in the headlights look like, oh, my God, wh- what am I not supposed to say, right? Because you just have less license to talk when you're in that position. You're vulnerable. You're vulnerable. As, 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 or as if you're making $15 million a year. I mean, that's more than Kyle makes. What's Kyle going to say? Really? <laughs> you know? So they're, it's almost like they're glorified college players. I see. They have no Very standing, but they're as good as anyone else. And uh, it's like Kyle needs to – don't forget about your unsung heroes. I know you have a lot of highly paid, flashy we- weapons on your team, but go with the guys who are playing the best that day. Don't just force the ball to the guys who make the most money. Like they kept trying to get the ball to Debo. It wasn't working in this game. Either hand it off to him or throw to someone else. And, and what we're both advocating is that Mitchell should be the starting running back. Yep, and I think they figured that. Well, he was the closing running back. I think he figured that out. Yeah. yeah. 
C. Turley says there was a lot of complaining this game was being down 52 minutes more credit to the Chargers hearing all week the Niners would run down their throats or Kyle's play calling. Well, the, 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 the Chargers did do a good job against Christian McCaffrey when they hadn't stopped the run in like an entire season. So there's that. Um, I don't know. Why did you think the game was so close? I don't think the Niners played that well. Yeah. And what you said, uh, I saw it, you know, when you did your grades or whatever afterward, they sort of played down to the opponent. Yeah. You know, one of the things, and I know it's repetitive and I apologize, but when the Niners were Super Bowl champions, they didn't play down to opponents because they had a standard. And Iggy, they talked about the standard all the time. All the time. All the time. I mean, everybody talked to me because Bill was into we play 49ers football and it doesn't matter who's against us. Mm -hmm. And this team does not yet has not internalized the the standard or the need to play to it. Um, So I would say the reason the game mean, you know, give give. the Chargers some credit. They they played pretty good defense. But the Niners, again, didn't play to their standard. And in mm-hmm. fact, Iggy, I think another way of describing the season is we don't know what their standard is. They haven't established a standard yet. Right. And what we're saying is they've done it in the past, so we think they can do it again like they can flip a switch. But, man, it's week 11. Last year at this time, they were starting to establish a standard. Yeah. It's it's time. And so beating the Chargers by six, it's nice. That's I mean, you took care of business. Um, but again, it feels like two weeks ago, you kicked the shit out of the Rams, and all the national pundits say the Niners are the scariest team in the league, and the Niners sit back for two weeks and they're like, Oh, I guess we're pretty good. And then the best you can do is squeak out a win against a bad team. Like, can you just keep up the level of yeah. the standard of performance for like a month? Not just one game? A month. Two months. And I would add that, you know, some of the fans were a little disgruntled a win, but they didn't play all that well. And I understand. I would say when they were a Super Bowl team, if Steve Young, if you would talk to him privately, he'd say, we won, but I wasn't pleased with the performance. There you go. And it would come from the veterans right. on the team saying, we have to do better. Right. Now, I don't. I wasn't in the post-game, you know, conferences. I didn't see them. Uh, was that what the players were saying or were they euphoric euphoric uh this okay. team doesn't hold itself uh doesn't hold itself accountable the way that those champion teams in the past do and that's kind of my issue with this the culture of this team it's been the way since they lost the super bowl they 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 had a party after they lost the super bowl with little wayne they could have canceled it they partied and they said you know they should have won bosa got held on third and 15 and ever since then they're really happy when people say the niners are back they're great watch out for the niners and they don't seem like they have the same urgency to prove themselves constantly. And that's what the standard is. You're proving yourself constantly. They, and I, all they proved is that they could beat the Chargers by this much this week. Right. That's all they proved. They, they proved they could win, which is a big deal. But yeah. I want to say, even on the non-Super Bowl teams, there were people who had the standard. Patrick mm-hmm. Willis did. Yes. Yes, absolutely. He embodied the standard. And what's crazy about this team is the people who should be embodying the standard are the highest paid players. Trent Williams, Debo Samuel, um, those, well, Debo isn't embodying the standard. He was better last year. This year, he's still rounding into shape. Kittle. Kittle, that's another guy. Like, the guys who embody the standard are the guys who haven't gotten paid yet. Ayuk, Mitchell, Jennings, and that's a problem. The culture should be the vets upholding the standard. Kyle upholding the standard. But Kyle never makes a mistake. It's never his fault. And so the, the veterans that make more money than him can have the same attitude. It's not my fault. And so the guys who actually have to prove it weekly are the the unsung heroes. I'll tell you someone else who upholds the standard. Jimmy Ward. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He, he absolutely understands. Now, he was he was hurt, and they have him playing out of position. Yes, but he does. But he upholds the standard. Yes, Another one from the recent past, Navarro Bowman. He, he upheld the standard. I want to say I think Fred, Fred Warner does too. Oh, I agree. You know what? Fred Warner does too. He's the, he is the standard. Yes, he is. Now, Nick Bosa does, but again, Nick Bosa hasn't gotten paid yet. He's young. He hasn't gotten paid yet. So I'm not saying he won't when he does get paid, but he's he's got extra motivation. And in football, that's a good thing, really in life. I don't think Jed understands that. I don't know what Jed understands. Yeah. One day we'll have to do a, a psych, psychological analysis of Jed. <laughs> what Jed understands. I'll be, yeah, what, but wait, wait a minute. Sure. We're noticing that we say the, the players on, on the current team 
who know the standard and uphold it. And we're mostly naming defensive players. That's right. Trent Williams isn't having his best year. I mean, he seems to be tipping plays sometimes. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's been on the team for two minutes. Debo Samuel not upholding the standard. Kittle was invisible in this game. Maybe not his fault. But yeah, where's the standard? Jimmy is upholding the standard this year. That's what I was going to say. God love Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. He is. He is. Are we going to talk about more of him a little Oh, he's more next. Later? He's next. Okay. But I want to say about Kittle. Kittle used to be the standard. Yep. That's was. what was so attractive. What was attractive about him was he was a hard-nosed player, and he seemed to have fun with the whole experience, talking to the media and all that. Now he just seems to be a show for the media, and yeah. he's almost an afterthought. Now, it may not be his fault, mm. or it may be that he doesn't get open as much as he used to, but I would not point to him as a guy who upholds the standard, but I would point to Ayuk. Yes. Absolutely. Ayuk more so than Debo uh, or, or Kittle at this point. At this point, yeah. All right, let's take some more questions, then we'll get back to our topic. Steve M. says, Jawan was a steal, looks big enough to play tight end. Yeah, he's tough to bring down. That's another guy that you can't just bring down on the first the first hit. Mikey says, if it continues, Aaron Banks, number one uh, lineman, unsung. He's another unsung hero. That left guard, he didn't play last year. He hasn't given up a sack yet this year, and they can really run well off the left side. Yeah, I'd like Aaron to Banks. say something about him. We used to be very um, skeptical of him because they didn't – you said you'd see him walking around with his suitcase on the road, but he, he was there, but he never played. And, look, maybe they knew what they were doing with him, but it turns out he's a very good player. So, yes, another of our unsung heroes, and all the best to you, Aaron. Yeah, I don't know if they can develop a quarterback on this team, but they can develop a guard. And it's funny. He went to Notre Dame just like Mike McGlinchey. McGlinchey they put in the starting lineup from day one – and he's never really improved. Aaron Banks, they made him sit for a season, earn it, rebake his body, and it seems like he rose to the challenge. So maybe they figured out, let's not do the same thing we did with McGlinchey. Let's take it a different direction and make this guy earn it. He earned it. Love it. Jonathan says, hey, Grant, I always look forward to the shows with your dad. Say you were in Kyle's shoes, what would be your first step to change the offense? Oh, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about Kyle's identity crisis and what he yeah, needs to do. We're so, going to talk about that. Yeah, we got please you. hold on because we're prepped for that. We got you. Errol Tolbert says, if you noticed, he ran Mitchell inside and CMC outside. Kyle can't adjust. Well. Oh, he ran CMC inside a lot. I yeah. watched it this morning. Now, not not at the end of the game because he figured right. it out. But McCaffrey is a guy you want to get on the edge is kind of like Mostert. Troy says, I'm a proud subscriber to you, Grant. Thank you. I love the show with your dad. I made it home healthy from the hospital. Thank you for your kindness. Glad to hear it. Glad, Glad to, to hear that. it. Glad to hear it. Um, Lucky Luis do either of you reserve hope for Lance in the playoffs? Uh, only way Lance would ever play in the playoffs is if Jimmy Garoppolo broke his ankle. And I don't even know if he would come in if that happened. But we'll see. But we we, we have a uh, gentleman's agreement on the show to st stay in the moment for the rest of the show. Yeah, not talk about my dad's that. My dad's getting antsy in his, in his pantsy just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> Josh Wyatt. Moratorium. Moratorium. Joshua Wyatt says Jennings looks like the best wide receiver on the team. He did in this game. On third down, it's clear Jimmy Garoppolo knows it. Do you think Kyle will figure out his ship of Theseus is actually a new ship and start featuring his best players? We're going to talk about that. He, he's stuck in that. what he wants the team to be, what it used to do well, as opposed to what's working right in front of him. Ryan Hensley says, Lowell, do you think Kyle needs to risk it to get a biscuit? <laughs> That's what Bruce Arians used to say. No risk it, no biscuit. Kyle's... Not a risk-it kind of guy. Kicking on fourth and goal from the two. Hi, Ryan. I, I really enjoy your work with Grant. Uh, Rajbir Samra says, no NFC team has a different has differentiated itself from others. Eagles D was mediocre. NFC championship can be anybody's. It's true. I agree. Um, I always thought the Eagles were sort of puffed up. I always yeah. did. And then to lose to the commanders. Hey, yeah. listen, Iggy. I understand wanting to change a name from the Redskins law. It, it, I keep almost saying it. Yeah. Where did they get Commanders? It's the worst name they could have ever it, picked. It's the Guardians, most. Except for Guardians. Well, the, Guardians is bad too. Yeah. But the Commanders, they could have called them the Washington Senators. Yeah. I actually like the Washington football team. There was something kind of cool about that. That would have been cool. That they, been they, cool. That's what their name was for a year, the Washington football yeah, team. I think cool. that's cool. And then yeah. they ruined it. The Commander. Oh, well. The oh. Commanders. 
Yeah, Command- Commander's Palace, though. Maybe their name. Maybe they just really like Commander's Palace in New Orleans. These people in New Orleans, it's this restaurant we love to uh, to go to. In Brooklyn, you wouldn't say Commanders. That's too much. You say Commanders. <laughs> you going to Commanders tonight? Yeah, going to Commanders. <laughs> er- Errol Tolbert says this is just for the MJ and Prince album behind you. Thank you. They're my moms. They're my moms. <sighs> Timothy Glander says, "Do you think Kyle Shanahan is burned out or uninspired now? I feel like he is a ooh. I'm not going to say that." Is he is he uh, uninspired or burned out? I, no, I, I'm not giving him. No, I'm not giving him that. No, I'll tell you right now. I don't know the guy. He is giving every ounce of effort he has. He he sincerely wants to win. Well, I'll say one thing though. He has a verbal tick, which I've noticed. Tell me in in press conferences, he says um a lot. He punctuates almost every sentence. Sometimes mid sentence, he'll go um um. And I don't hear him talk that way to his players when he does the post-game things. It's a thing he does when he's being questioned. And I feel like he's doing it more and more. And I almost wonder if it's like a little anxiety or it feels like just a tick, something that he's probably not thinking about. But I don't know what that what it's about. When I was in seventh grade, I remember we used to do um, presentations in class and they would say, don't ever say um. If you feel yourself about to say um, don't say anything. So some you went over in class in middle school and he just can't stop. Did you ever notice how many ums he'll say in a press conference? No, I'm going to, you know, um, I'm going to um, look at um, it. Um, um, sounds like he's meditating. It, constantly. And it's like more and more and more. And I, to me, that shows that he's a little uncomfortable up there. What it means to me, if he's doing the um, he's weighing his words very mm, carefully. There you that, go. That, that's what it means to me, that okay. he's uh, trying to say exactly what he wants to say without giving anything away. So he's... It's a mental pause, and he says, um, to organize his words. Okay. Well, he's doing a lot of organizing these days. He's, yeah. He's not speaking free and easy anymore. No, he's Fla- not Flave says, hi, Lowell. Curious how you would compare the way you watch Niner games now with when you were working. Do you still watch as closely and look for the same things? Absolutely watch as closely. And uh, Flave, it's a great question, and thank you. Um, I don't really watch much sports anymore. I've... I'm an old man and I left it all behind. Like, for example, I don't watch the Warriors. I, I wouldn't even know where to find them. Um, I watch football because Grant is employed. And although he knows more about football than I do, I know the history and I can be helpful to him. And sometimes I see things in games that he might not see. Plus, it's so much fun. I love I love Iggy. It's fun to have uh, an enterprise with him. So you I have watch- so much more experience watching sports and covering them and drawing conclusions than me too. Yeah. So yeah. I watch the, the Niners very carefully. Now, I no longer do a play-by-play. When you're in the press box, you, you handwrite a play-by-play. I no longer do that. So in that regard, I'm probably not as serious. It would feel weird for me to be home doing a play-by-play on a pad. But – that's Iggy's play-by-play. I mean, and boy, do you re- refer to it when you're writing. Uh, I, I yeah. used to have a red pen to indicate touchdowns or, yeah. or plays I wanted to remember. I put stars and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yes, I, I do watch it very ser- seriously because of Iggy. I The way I do it, I was uh, 22 at KTVU. I was covering high school football. And Matt Mayoko was at one of the games, and I was talking to him. And I said, you know, I just started covering high school football. And he says, man... Do you write every play down? I said, no, you got to do that. And he showed me his shorthand. So my notes are how Maddie taught me how to do it in 2011. God love Maddie. Maddie's the greatest. He's C. Turley says, I asked you this, Grant, but I want your dad's opinion on it. Was that 33 yard pass on the sideline to Ray Ray one of the best throws Jimmy's ever made? Yes. It's really nice. Yeah. Really nice. Move it. it. Was, in fact, we mentioned it. We, yeah. we stopped the, the, the stream this morning and said, that was a beautiful throw. Yeah. And it's throw he doesn't typically even attempt. And then I even said to Iggy, I remember I said, how good is Ray Ray? Remember I asked him? He's pretty good. Yeah. He's pretty good. Jacob Tan says, credit to the Niners. They didn't push Mitchell back from injury. Mitchell looks like he never missed a game. Hopefully this is the case for Armstead. Good point. We've given their uh, medical team a lot of grief. So, so far so good with Mitchell. Crow, the amount of injuries are down the past two games. Have you seen them doing anything different? No, I don't know. It's interesting though. Give him credit. I see him do something different. What? They're not getting hurt. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> couple more. NFC, couple more. <laughs> NFC championship will be SF at Vikings calling it now. Okay, there you go. That and a nickel. And a nickel. Jesse Naylor says, Papa Cone with the mic. Love the show, fellas. Thank you, Jesse. 
Thanks, Jesse. I love your show, too, and I'm glad you like the mic. Muweed says, why the Niners signed Jacob Eason and can we bring in Tom Kinsu? They signed, they signed Jacob Eason, the quarterback, to their practice squad. I don't know, but he has a really strong arm. I remember him coming out of Washington. I said the Niners should draft him. Thank God they didn't because uh, he's not that good. But he's in the practice squad now, and he could throw really, really hard. So that's good. One more, and then we're going to get back to our show. Get the rest later. Rick K. Holt says it's laughable that so many people are jumping on the Jimmy G. Fool's Gold train again. Ooh, let's Ooh. talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo right now. He's won two games in a row. He's played about four good games in a row. Um, he really isn't limiting the offense right now. In fact, he seems to be driving it pretty well. What do you think of Jimmy's recent performance? I love it. I'm uh, yeah. look, I'm never going to say he's John Elway, okay? We're yeah. not going to do that. We He has limitations, and we know it. But when we were watching this morning, and again, we, we haven't done this in a while, sit and watch a game together. He's at the games. I'm at home. Um, Jimmy has a lot of guts. He stood, we saw, he stood in the pocket when there was all kind of chaos, mm. and he went through his progressions. I admire that. Other times, when the pocket was breaking down, I never saw him do it before. He would run to the right or he'd run to the left. I, he'd move the pocket. Yeah. He, to me, this is very impressive. Plus, he was throwing outside the numbers for good yardage and mm-hmm. good passes. And this, to me, is new behavior. What about you? Uh, he also threw the ball away, which is key. Because in nice. the past, he wouldn't. And he would force the ball and he would get intercepted. And um, he's not getting intercepted that much. Maybe it's going to come later on in the season. But right now, he's actually managing the game and converting third and longs, which is not good. Very, very good. It's surprising. It's to the point where you can't really – he's not – I used to call him the arsonist. He's not anymore. He's not the weak link. He's not the arsonist. He's not a reason that you have to run 40 times a game. You've given him all these receivers. He's got a great running back he can throw to, a great tight end he can throw to, multiple wide receivers. It seems like they shouldn't be so scared to pass anymore. A, a, a cliche way to say it is he's rising to the occasion. He's rising to the occasion. Yeah. And was was he's in a contract year, so he's going to be a free agent next year. And he's, gonna, he's making himself a little bit more money every single week. you got to admire it. I got to admire it because his career was in the dumper. And it dumper. Wasn't, wasn't his fault. The, the Niners dithered and didn't know what to do. But he, he – you want to say something different. Well, Let's, I mean, he didn't role. play well down the stretch. He had he got hurt, but he didn't play well down the stretch last year. And I don't think teams really wanted him that much. He had to take a huge pay cut. Some of that's on him. But okay. what we're saying is he's he's actually making strides and improving for the first time in five years, and that's great. And he's making himself some money too. But you're right. The Niners were uh, complicit with that. Yeah, and I think we could agree if you say there's a problem on offense, we used to say Jimmy was the problem. He's not the problem. He's not the problem anymore. Now, the right tackle is a bit of a problem, but the problem on offense is way bigger than a right tackle or the quarterback. Uh, We'll talk about it later, but this is a very good development. If the the quarterback is no longer the problem, who knows how far this team could go, especially when the team that everyone was so excited about in the NFC – just lost and has a quarterback who hasn't really proven much in the league yet. Yeah, I mean, you could even imagine eventually they may have to play Philadelphia. I would say maybe a week ago you would say Philadelphia would kill the Niners. I wouldn't feel that now. I feel it's a game. It's a football game. What's interesting about the Niners is they they seem – let's take the Chiefs aside because the Chiefs destroyed the Niners, but any team in the NFC, the Niners seem like they could match up with. They're just as talented as and could beat. But they have to establish a standard first, which would probably go along with establishing an identity, which I don't think they've done yet. Should we talk about Kyle Shanahan's identity crisis? I would love to. Let's talk about Kyle Shanahan's identity crisis. So... I think it goes back to him losing the Super Bowl in Atlanta. He had a record-breaking offense. He lost the Super Bowl. He had a 25-point lead and didn't run the ball. Ever since then, he's come to the Niners, and he's been obsessed with running the ball. He wants to run the ball. But this year, as we just talked with Jimmy, Jimmy's playing really well. He's got all these receivers. The Niners right now rank third in yards per pass, and they rank 20th in yards 
per run. It seems like if you were just looking at the evidence, you'd think maybe we should start passing a little bit more. Not only passing, but maybe up the passes and down the runs, considering that's what we do better now. Another thing, Kyle Shanahan is, wants to have an under center kind of old school offense. He wants that to be the structure, like his dad. And the last few years, it's been very effective, his under center offense. But defenses are smart. They pick up on things. And if that's what you do well, they're going to try to take it away. This year, the Niners, when they're under center, they're averaging only 4.4 yards per play. They're averaging only 3.9 yards per carry. They're completing 55% of their passes. And their quarterback rating, well, that's what you need to know. Shotgun, they're uh, averaging 6.8 yards per play. They're averaging 5.3 yards per carry and completing 65% of their throws. So there's a clear difference. And yet we're watching this game. Kyle keeps wanting to go back under center because that's his identity. That's the identity he wants for the team. When if he would just sit back and look at the evidence, he could see, oh, okay, we, this team needs to be in shotgun because it, it's what suits our players this year. So he's kind of stuck in between what he wants to do and what he needs to do. Right, and that's an identity crisis because yes. I'm going to say a really good coach, and I'm not sure if he's a really good coach. A really good coach would say, I want this identity under center there's this I can do and that I can do and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? This team is better if Jimmy is in the pistol or the shotgun. The hell with my identity. I'm going to identify the new identity and I'm going to glory in it. I'm going to yeah. get off on exploiting that and being creative within that. And Kyle has not made that transition yet. He can't bring himself to do it. And you could see him experimenting in the game. When yes. you think this is working, he goes back the other day, the other way, and it doesn't work as hard. And that's an identity crisis. A really good coach would throw the thing out that isn't working as well. I mean, Andy Reid, do you think he'd continually knock his head on a wall? <laughs> right? He'd look right. for the opening. He would change fast. And they're like, well, the Niners keep saying we, we, we can't establish a rhythm on offense. Well, you keep going back to stuff that isn't working. Like I said, they're averaging 6.8 yards per play from the shotgun. That's tremendous. That would lead the li- – that's outstanding. 6.8 yards yeah. per play. Dis- you, why would you do anything else? And it's like, so when he's under center, what does he want to accomplish? Well, he wants to do those tosses so he can run to the outside. Well, they didn't – they weren't running to the outside effectively to the right. And so if you can't do that, then it's going to be tough to run to the left. They're trying to run to the left. So that's not working so well. And then the, the play-action passing game, they don't even do it. They tried it the one time he got sacked. So I don't see what the advantage is. When you get him in the shotgun, Jimmy's comfortable there. That's what he did in, in New England. He can see the field better. Uh, the runs go between the tackles. It really f- suits Elijah Mitchell really well. Why not? So, so that's a, a clear one. The other thing is just running the ball too much. I know you want to be a run first team, but Jimmy's playing well, and he's not turning the ball over. And you've invested a lot of money in your tight end and your two wide receivers and a scat back who's a receiving specialist. Throw the damn ball. Mike McDaniel was the Niners' run game coordinator over here. And everyone thought, oh, he's a run game genius. No, he's an offensive genius, if I could throw that word around. He's in Miami right now passing the hell out of the ball. He has a running background, but he's like, oh, I got this receiver. that good. No, we're going to pass. I, I'm going to do what works for these players, not what worked for me in the past, not what I want to do ideally. Right. I, I won't try to fit them into my system. I'll fit my system into them. And McDaniel doesn't have a particularly great quarterback. No, he's got left-handed Jimmy, and they scored 39 this week. <laughs> left-handed Jimmy. I, I, I like it. He's got I left-handed like Jimmy. Nothing so, against well, you because Jimmy's playing well. So there's a theme to what we're saying here. We're saying clearly Jimmy is not the problem. We're talking no. only about offense. If there's a problem, if there's a break on the accelerator, it's the play caller. Yeah. Like the, the Niners will be in the shotgun, moving the ball really well, running between the tackles, throwing quick passes, and all of a sudden Kyle needs to get them all under center, do 18 motions so they can pitch the ball and lose three yards. Like, thanks a lot, Kyle. Could we just keep doing what was working? What are you doing? Oh, you now you need to insert yourself into the yeah. game. Oh, no, 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 it's about me now. Let's get under center, do eight motions. No, the, it's, it's week 11. There's a lot of stats, a lot of evidence in. Just do what works. Because what's crazy is a lot works for you. A lot is working. And okay. you keep trying to force other stuff. I got a question. Yeah. Is 
it just a failure of comprehension or is it is he letting his ego get in the way hmm. i think he's a stubborn stubborn ego maybe not maybe not stubborn egoist 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 yes. can we say that yes. yes i think he's stubborn maybe in the next press conference you should say kyle are you a stubborn <laughs> egoist <laughs> Some people would say you're an ego. I love when I love. Some people would say you're an egomaniac. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm not saying it. I haven't. Yeah, but I've heard. I've heard people say it. (laughs) Some people would say you're a a stubborn (laughs) egoist. Crusher eight thirty one says, "Do you see that Jacob Eason signed in the practice squad?" Yeah, poor Kurt Bankert. They cut Kurt. I liked Kurt. Poor Kurt. Lucas Bissell says, "I learned that the use of um is often in order to not take pauses." in your sentences to sound more intelligent, but it often has the opposite effect. Like you're really trying to like carefully consider your next word. That's yeah. what I think he's doing. Yeah. Let's, we got to work on our Kyle Shannon impression by just in our ums. Um, throwing more ums in there. Impor says from the upcoming um, schedule, what team would the Niners have to beat um, either by blowout or last second field goal? Would it take for you to give them their flowers? Uh, they have a, a three-game stretch in a few weeks that will be, I mean, not the hardest in the world, but it'll be against some potential playoff teams. It's Miami, Tampa, Seattle. That'll be the stretch that will learn some things about this team. Good question. It, you, yeah, th- that's very important, and it might even be season-defining. I, would I don't so. feel, for example, uh, the Mexico City game is going to be season-defining unless they lose it. No, it's another opportunity to take care of business at minimum, yeah. establish a standard at best, but really don't get embarrassed in, by Colt McCoy for the second year in a row because you did last year. Chris Grove says Jimmy Garoppolo 10 and, 10 and 2 when he throws zero touchdowns. He's the guy on the group project that contributes nothing but still gets an A-plus in the assignment. Hold on. Hold on. Maybe the reason he doesn't throw touchdowns is because Kyle has no idea what he's doing in the red zone. He had a touchdown run, and he had some nice third-down conversions. I'm not gonna—Jimmy's carrying his weight right now. I'm not gonna say that about Jimmy right now. Maybe next week. Does Kyle finally get over 500 after this season? He's two games under Dad. He could get there. He could get think. there. He, I think he will. He could get there, and we'll throw him a parade when he gets there. Well, I was gonna say it's taken him long enough. <laughs> Yay! It's like he graduated college in six years. Six <laughs> years down the drain. Six years of college down the drain. <laughs> Crow says you rolled your eyes, Grant, when I said Brian Greasy was doing good. Hey, I take it back. Let me unroll my eyes. It seems like he's doing a good job with Jimmy Garoppolo, teaching him how to throw the ball away. Good job, Brian. Keneal says Jimmy's playing more confident than Kyle is coaching. Like I said in the cone phone, Kyle seems insecure. He misses his safety blanket, McDaniel. Jimmy does exude much more confidence than Kyle. And it's the ums. Jimmy doesn't say um. That right there. You know, I would say, speaking of um, there are um, very few players on the team who sp- say um. Yeah. Most of I them- mean, it's a bad habit. It's like biting your fingernails. Yeah. Like, do you ever have a teacher that did um? Like, it, like it could be a history teacher. It was telling you about, you know, the Renaissance or something. Like, and they go um. And you're in your chair. You're slinking down. It's like, I got to get out of here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Matt Gillum says that the quarterback coach, the reason for Jimmy's play, Brian Greasy. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. But the thing is, who knows? Who knows? I'm not Steve there. says I don't talk to them. Can we bench McTurnstyle and play Womack Gray? Um, well, Gray hurt himself in pregame warmups. I don't know how you do that. Never heard of that. Uh, Womack seems like he should probably be playing nickel. Ward seems like he should probably be playing safety. McTurnstyle? Yeah, I feel you on that. Uh, this might be Jimmy's Trent Dilfer year, an average player that's been holding a great mix of talent back but puts together that one magical season. Is Jimmy Trent Dilfer or is Kyle Brian Billick? I don't know. You know, Brian Billick was a coach, but he used to be the PR guy at the 49ers. That's true. I've never heard of a PR guy becoming a coach. Yeah. I interviewed him once for a half an hour. He's really nice. Really nice guy. Uh, Manders on Xmas Eve, still an easy win. The Manders, the Commanders. All of a sudden, that does look like a game that could be a game who knows oh uh the niners play the uh commanders i would have liked the senators or the generals that those would have been better names than the commanders commanders my friend kevin room well some people were saying uh the pigskins i think that's kind of corny though 
I like the the Washington football team. I like the football team. It's, it's unusual. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon Pence says Jimmy has, impro- has improved under pressure outside the numbers, ability to know when to throw the ball away and accuracy. My observation, who gets the credit? Him. How about him? And about also, Jimmy? Because what's hidden in that question is, does Kyle get the credit? Does Greasy get the credit? All of no. them. We don't know. But we it's don't a know what's going to him. It's, it's, yeah, they're, they're one happy family. <laughs> Mark Lamar says, for Coward to say Kyle is in the way is hilarious. Hey, man, I don't really agree with Coward that much, but I think there's, there's, some, there's a point to it. I think there's some truth to the fact that Kyle is in the way right now. Um, this Coward guy, what did he say? He said that Jimmy's doing great and that Kyle's holding him back. I feel like Coward's talking to Jimmy's agent or something because every week he has all the Jimmy Garoppolo talking points. But anyway, you know, we've had a moratorium today on talking about Trey Lance. Could we have a moratorium for the rest of the season on this guy, Coward? Yeah, please. Because, I mean, well, if he ever shows up at the 49ers, then I think it's fair to talk about him, about what he said. But since... You've never met the guy in person, have you? No, no, no. So let's have a no. moratorium on him. 808 Niners says the problem with the offense is their red zone. They just leave too many points in the field instead of CMC on the goal line, TDP, or God forbid, uh, Jordan Mason or Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, they got inside the 10-yard line five times in this game and scored two touchdowns. Not good enough. Eddie Marcos, 916, says after last night at Warriors game, it's clear to see the locker room is divided. Really? Why? Because four, like, what, they got clicks in there? I don't know. Are we talking about the Warriors? <laughs> Is that a Warriors comment? No. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Juszczyk, and Kittle sat courtside at the Warriors game last night. And a couple nights ago, Ayuk and Debo sat courtside. So I guess he's trying to say that there's two factions. Maybe they just couldn't get six courtside seats together. I, I don't know. Jesse Jr. says, Is it me or who thinks that on that hurry-up play that led to the touchdown, Jimmy called that shot and just did it himself? Maybe. That's a question to ask the coach. It is. All right. Final topic. Kyle Shanahan said something very interesting about Christian McCaffrey and Jeff Wilson Jr. Let me get the exact quote up because I don't want to get it wrong. Um, Hold on. Sorry. Okay. So this is interesting. Matt Mayoko is very measured in his... I'm crazy. Matt Mayoko is very measured in his coverage of the team. And he'll wait. But... Once again, this offense scored just 22 points. They're averaging 22 points for the season. There's way too much talent for them to be scoring 22 points a game. So Maddie on the on the uh, Monday call said, Kyle, you know, you got a lot of talent. You've added a lot of players. Once again, only 22 points. Is there something you can put your finger on? And, you know, when I ask the question, Kyle can be dismissive because, oh, there's Grant again looking for a, 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 a reason to criticize me. When Maddie does it, He's the most reasonable person in the world, and he waited until week 11 to do it. So Kyle starts try- hemming and hawing and trying to say something that's, say some kind of explanation. And here's what he lands on. We added one new running back, and we lost our leading rusher, I- i.e. Jeff Wilson Jr., lost our leading rusher. So I don't feel like we've added all these new guys. We brought in Christian, and we lost Jeff, and I'm real excited about having Christian here, but it's not changing up a ton of stuff. I thought the fact that he could actually say that with a straight face was amazing. Now, I didn't see his face because it was a conference call. But the other thing I thought was, that's exactly what we said when he made the trade. We were like, yeah, Christian's good, but Jeff is good, and this isn't going to really change much. Uh, So Kyle agrees with us. That's nice. Well, I have a question. If it didn't change much, why the hell did you make the trade? (laughs) (laughs) Second round pick, third round pick, fourth round pick, and a fifth the next year for a net zero move. Yeah. Uh, Why? I, I mean, uh, so I have a few things to say about that. It's a really dishonest answer, Iggy. Yes. It's a dishonest answer. Yes. He made it seem we lost. It's like they were in a windstorm and he and Jeff, Jeff Wilson Jr. got blown off the hill and they haven't found them since. Yeah. But the search party out with same. They put an APB Bolo. on him. They put an <laughs> APB out for him. Bolo. Bolo out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they traded him. They didn't lose him. There's, the verbs mean different things. So it's one of the most dishonest answers I've ever heard in my life. And even, you know, if I were there, I would have said, Coach, you didn't lose him. You traded no. him. No. So why'd you trade him? And he's I trying to make it. He's, he's, the way he phrased it almost made it seem like he didn't want 
to trade Jeff Wilson Jr. He didn't want to trade for Christian McCaffrey. Oh, I don't believe that. I believe that he absolutely wanted to do this. And so now what he's doing is sort of moving the goalposts to take pressure off himself. He yeah. realizes, now, okay, I traded for Christian McCaffrey. Jimmy's playing well. Offense still hasn't improved. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that I'm in the common denominator here. I got to take some heat off of myself. And so what I'm going to do is actually try to tell people that we're not as talented in offense as you think we are. Yeah. Yeah, I added Christian McCaffrey, but we lost this other running back. I don't know where he went. Oh, we <laughs> traded him? That is news to me. Why did we do that? Can we get him back? <laughs> can we get him back? We could use all we can get. I love it. Why didn't anyone tell me that? <laughs> I was in the shower and they traded him and no one told me. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence when a guy's backpedaling like this, man. And Iggy, what, what really what he's trying to do is not take responsibility. Yeah. And he's the leader. Do you understand? The leader is responsible. And he's trying to say, who, me? <laughs> hey, someone well, traded Jeff know. Wilson Jr. I don't know who traded Jeff Wilson Jr., but that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I don't get it at all. And so so he. this is the culture that the Niners have that bugs me about them. He will never take responsibility for anything. And so the players that are established and make more money than him have the green light to do the same damn thing, although not all of them do. Fred Warner takes accountability. But the only ones that stand up there and say that they messed up are the ones who haven't gotten paid yet. Talanoa Hafunga, for example, he, he wins the game at the end with an interception, seals the game, comes in at the post-game press conference, first player out there, and says, I just want to say um, the touchdown on the first drive, that was my fault. I just want to say that. That was 100% my fault. Okay, what are your questions? And no one was going to ask about that. They won the game. It was the first drive. He sealed it. We were going to ask him a million questions about the interception. He brought it up. And it's like, oh, the 23-year-old second-year safety is the, the model of professionalism and accountability on this team. Like, of course. Of course. Right. And he's saying, I have a standard and I let it down. Yeah, he did that. Trey Lance did that. But the real, but the, the Kyle, Kittle, Debo, never do that stuff. Ever. Well, I want to say, I, I it's now that I've heard about what Kyle said yes. about Jeff Wilson, I feel really sorry for Kyle because he lost, he lost, you know, it wasn't his fault. He lost Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah. And then this other guy shows up in the locker room yeah. who didn't even know. This other guy who has a different name and he has a three initials, C CMC, and he's little. And yeah. you can tackle him going over the middle. And I, I, I heard... Now, I, I can't tell you where, but I heard that a, they had to bring in a battery of psychiatrists into the into their facility. Allegedly. To, allegedly to talk uh, Kyle down because he was so upset when he saw Christian McCaffrey there and he didn't know that he, that the other guy, Wilson Jr., was gone. And I, I heard right. yeah, they, I heard they had to strap him down. That's what but I heard, may too. May not be true. May not be true. It's hard to confirm. Um, yeah. But I think it's important to remember that if the Niners' offense continues to underperform as it has, uh, it's not Kyle's fault. It's whoever traded Jeff Wilson Jr. <laughs> whoever whoever did that was should get fired right now. Yeah, find that masked madman, <laughs> Kyle. You said that we should try. I never said that. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> you should have known. I was. That's my kind of sense of humor. Oh, that's so he he has a lot of gall to say that. Oh, I got it. Iggy. I'm telling you, if I were in there, I actually would have started laughing. <laughs> I would have. And it was wait, wait a minute, Coach. Wait, wait. We got to we got to use our verbs. We got to talk about <laughs> verbs here. Trade as opposed to lost. They have different meanings. Could we talk about that? And you he lost some draft choices too. You lost a lot there. Really, the fact that he thought the best answer for why isn't your offense scoring more points with more good players is we actually didn't add more good players. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yes, you did. Well, we lost, Jeff. Okay, well, that was genius then, man. That's so funny. And, you know, he just might win the Super Bowl in spite of all this this year, which is great. But, wow, the, the ride, the journey along the way is hilarious. It's just so funny. <laughs> good job, Kyle. You know, I have this feeling when I used to cover the Raiders, but I, because they were nuts. But if I were covering, and I'm not, if I were covering the Niners now, the feeling would be if they said to me, look, you have a choice, Lowell. You can win the Nobel Prize for Literature. We're going to give it to you. 
<laughs> or but you, you can't cover, cover the Niners anymore. You can't cover the Niners anymore. I would say, I don't want the Nobel Prize. This is too much fun. When a guy says we lost Jeff I'm passing on the Nobel Prize. I want the Niners because there's something no one's cooking here. <laughs> okay, so you know our good friend Josh Dubow covers the Raiders for AP and he seems to have a similar attitude covering that. He's, he's covered them for a long time, and they've been way worse than the Niners over that time. And they have, a, they have a lot of fans that don't quite live in reality. So I can only imagine what the last three weeks have been like for Josh to experience the Raiders losing over and over. Games that you could say that it's impossible they're going to lose this. There, there, there's no way they're going to lose to Jeff Saturday in his first game as a coach. He's never – they lost. Oh, man. I, I, uh, some well, people get all the luck. Tell him what Ira Miller, we had dinner with him last night, what he said about Jeff Saturday and the Raiders. What did he say? I forget. He lost to Jeff Saturday on a Sunday. <laughs> on a Sunday. No excuse. No excuse. <laughs> Brandon Penn says, is it racist that white players hang together? Like-minded people hang together. It just happens that white people usually think, act similar, and black people think, act similar, let them be themselves. I didn't say they were racist because there were no four white guys hanging out. Word, no one used the word racist. No one used that word. No one Don't you that put that on us. Um... Dang it. All right. Um, um, um. House of Jello says, Grant, please clip this last segment. I have to show it to my friends who think I'm insane for saying Kyle Shanahan is the problem. I will clip it. I got you, House of Jello. And that's our show. Hour and we one. Did Hour we did it. I, I really enjoyed this, Iggy. Thanks a lot. It's the high point of my week. The high point of my week as well. Uh, I love you, Dad. I love you, Iggy. Um, when we're done, I'll call you back. I'll call you. Um, um, everybody who watched, I I enjoyed this today. Thank you so much for hanging in with us. Yeah. And, um, I'll see you later. Um, I'll call you. Oh, in the chat. Okay. Well that talk amongst yourselves, talk amongst yourselves. Thank you guys. (laughs) Um,